okay? All right. Okay, adoption, God's heart for you. Um, adoption is also very near to my heart. Uh, my wife and I have adopted two beautiful children. Uh, and I hope uh, through this very brief sermon <laughs> that you will see that uh, adoption is also on God's heart. Uh, let me give you a, my adoption story actually started um, before I was born. Uh, my grandfather was adopted. He was uh, the product of what they called back then an illegitimate birth. And so he was adopted actually by an Amish family. And so that kind of started that background. I may not be here if they hadn't adopted him. Um, and then uh, more personally, my adoption story started with my sister. Uh, my sister grew up, was born in Korea. Uh, she was in a, an orphanage, uh, very poor. It was a, She was cared for there, but they were extremely poor. And so she was malnourished and struggling and... Uh, my parents decided to, to adopt her, and uh, what a blessing she has been to our family. Uh, definitely the sweetest person in our family by far. Um, but she went, you know, as an orphan, she came over, and it was a struggle for her at first. She did very well, though. Uh, she is now, uh, she's married with a family, living in Peru uh, as a missionary. And, uh, and they've, her and her mother-in-law have started multiple crisis pregnancy centers there. So she's really... And her husband is training uh, Peruvian pastors. So really having a kingdom impact. So she went from orphan to living as a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and having that impact. And, and uh, God desires that for each of us. We start as orphans, and he wants us to move to his children where we're having an impact for his kingdom. So uh, I made a little acrostic here. Uh, this is more to keep me in line <laughs> and help organize my thoughts. But... Hopefully this is helpful to you. So we're going to start with A, uh, aware of the need. 17.8 million children worldwide have lost both their parents. So just, uh, that's a number I can't even really comprehend. Uh, in the U.S. alone, there's 400, over 427,000 children in foster care. Uh, and 111,000 of them are waiting to be adopted. So uh, just a huge need for adoption right here. Uh, if you kind of want to get your your kind of minds around that number, the Philadelphia School District, which to me seems just massive, I can't even comprehend that, has 134,000 kids. So these kids waiting for adoption would almost fill the entire Philadelphia School District. Um, another stat I found that just breaks my heart, in 2014, 22,000 young people aged out of foster care. So what that means is they turned 18 and had no family. No one to take them in, no one to adopt them. And so kind of on their own uh, in life. And just a verse that that brings to mind uh, and that fits in, I think, with what Jen and Priscilla said. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained for the world. Now, part of this being aware, I think, is also being aware of our need. We have a tremendous need as well. And I think, uh, <laughs> I know I am, Quick to forget that need. This is Ephesians 1, 2 to 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So remember that we were, were dead in our sin and children of wrath. wrath. Um, now the D here, adoption, uh, requires a decision. So, uh, Jed is one of the few people I know who figured out how to have a child by accident and a decision. Uh, but, it, you know, you can have a child by accident. Uh, you can't adopt by accident. It really is a decision. There's a lot that goes into it. There's paperwork. There's background checks. There's money. There's all kinds of things that go into it. Um, so here is, uh, this is Evelina. Uh, definitely not an accident. Uh, Adorable and precious. She, uh, as soon as, this is when I first met her in Colorado, she immediately grabs my finger, and I have been losing that battle ever since. (laughs) And we'll never win that battle, I'm sure. And this is Josiah uh, with the afro. We had no idea what to do with that. Uh, Don't have a picture holding him because he was pretty much nonstop. He was into everything at his age. But again, adoption takes a decision. Uh, and fortunately, God has also made a decision about adopting us. Uh, this is Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Before the foundation of the world, he had a plan to adopt us as his children. But remember, you remember the adorable pictures of Josiah and Evie. I was trying to figure out, well, what do we look like to God when he adopts us? Because he knows our hearts. He knows how evil we are, right? Now, I really thought about putting a Cowboys fan up there because they're so annoying. Picture of a Cowboys fan. But, you know, they can be Christians, like <clears throat> Mike Wood. And uh, so I didn't do that. But I, had to, I was struggling to come up. And Pastor John might be the only one who knows who this is. So this is what I, just my picture of what you look like to God when he adopted you. Does anybody know who that is? It's, sorry, it's close. It's from Lord of the Rings. This is the witch king of Angmar. Uh, And then I kind of put the pet on there because that, think of the pet as your issues. That's your issues. And then here's this witch king. The witch king is the second in command of basically the evil one in Lord of the Rings. He uh, was at once a noble king and was corrupted by his desire for power uh, 3,000 years ago. Uh, But he is literally dead. He's a wraith, so he's dead in his sin, and he is enslaved to evil. And that's what we were when God adopted us. So, and if you want to know more than you've ever wanted to know about Lord of the Rings, just ask my kids. Don't don't ask me about it, because you'll get a whole thing. Uh, Another, uh, going, moving on to O, uh, and I think we've heard this already, adoption can be overwhelming. It's difficult. There inherently is brokenness involved. It's not an easy process. There aren't quick fixes. It doesn't, like Jed said, it doesn't always go like we, and foster care, doesn't go like we, our plan for it. But, uh, and think about, though, the overwhelming circumstances that Christ had to endure adopt us. This is from Isaiah 53, 3 to 5. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And 
as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. Uh, So Jesus went through overwhelming circumstances so that we might be healed and have life uh, in him. And uh, part of that is his suffering. Uh, he didn't just write. He didn't just think about it. He didn't just talk about it. He experienced it. He became flesh and identified with us. And part of our challenge is how do we identify with the broken? How do, we, as Priscilla said, how do we invite the broken heart of God into our houses? Um, that's a challenge for each of us. How do we do it? I don't do that on my own, so I, I need to put myself in a situation where I do that. So I'm going to tell you a little story about Josiah and I and how, how that kind of worked. So um, I grew up in Redneck area, northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, I am a recovering redneck, not fully recovered yet. Uh, but so Josiah is sitting up with me in this northeastern Pennsylvania in church, and he leans over to me during the service uh, and says, Dad. Are Evie and I the only black people in the church? And I you know, kind of thought to myself, well, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> but I said, I said back to him, Josiah, you might be the only black people in the county. <laughs> and unfortunately, that may be true where I grew up. So I didn't grow up identifying with black folks at all. I knew one in my whole school. So, but here's how... This changes things, though. Um, And I'm sure you guys have heard in the news, it's a huge issue. Uh, Many black men have been killed by police. And there's definitely an injustice occurring. So so these men are killed. When I grew up, uh, not to my credit, I would have said, that's them. I thought of them as them. No, I didn't identify with that group. That's them. And I unfortunately probably would have said, that's them, and what's their problem, right? So that's me before. After, I say, that could be my son. <coughs> so I am able to identify with a group that I didn't really identify with before because I've walked in their shoes a little bit. How much more has Christ done that? How awesome that he would leave heaven and come to earth out and dress himself in flesh to know what we go through, <coughs> to know our suffering and our struggles. He does. He knows what you're going through. He knows your difficulty. He knows Jed's broken heart when he loses his son. He knows that, and he identifies with us in that and loves us through that. So it can be overwhelming, but... Hopefully, that when we're overwhelmed, that is where our faith grows. That is when we turn to the Lord. Uh, for me, that is the only time I turn to the Lord is when I'm overwhelmed, unfortunately. Um, now, we're down to P here. So, priceless. Um, obviously, kids that we adopt, are, and all children, are priceless. There's, priceless, the definition, is something so precious that its value cannot be determined. So, you know, adopted children, those in foster care, 
even the, un, the unborn for sure are priceless to God. Um, there is a price that goes with it, though, you know, for adoption. It's expensive. Um, and there's a lot of red tape. There can be emotional turmoil, as you've heard. Frustration with the system, the injustice of it. Uh, for Christy and I, the one of our adoptions, I don't remember which one, we, we you know, did the whole adoption thing. And, you know, I teach about financial planning and stuff. Well, we didn't have enough money to really actually finish the adoption. So we had to put the adoption on a credit card, which wasn't very wise, but definitely worth it. So, but it's expensive. Uh, but look at how God values you. You're beyond price to him. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the value that he puts on you and me, which is amazing. Okay, so we're down to T. Uh, adopt. Now, tremendous inheritance. Uh, don't want my kids to get excited here. I'm not really, I'm not really uh, referring to the physical inheritance on earth. Uh, I can't really promise you a tremendous inheritance there. Uh, but there is a new legal standing with adoption. When you go through the adoption, and I never knew this but before, but they actually change the child's birth certificate and put you as the parents. So there's a legal change when you're adopted. Uh, but look at what God does when he adopts us uh, and our new, our new legal standing. Romans 8, 14 to 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, it all sounds great, and he has to throw in that suffering part. So we're going to... We're going to look into that more. That's a very important part, and you've kind of gotten that theme already probably. But our inheritance is amazing. In Ephesians, I'm going to read it now, but 1, 7, 11, he says he gives us every spiritual blessing. So we have an eternal inheritance that is awesome. It's every spiritual blessing. We are sons and heirs. We are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That's awesome, uh, our, our inheritance. But we also have an inheritance now part of our inheritance now, and you see this throughout scripture, is suffering, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified in him. So that suffering is so, why is that so important? And why does God call us to interact and welcome the broken into our heart and into our lives? And I think, I mean, my typical thing is, well, they need help. I need to help them. Um, but I don't know God is going to provide for them. He doesn't need our help to help them. I believe he tells us to, to minister and love and bring the broken into our lives because we need them. We need to understand that brokenness so that we can grow. And if we're not welcoming that into our life, we're not going to grow. We're going to be stagnant Christians if we don't welcome that brokenness in. Um, and so part of what we need to do is find ways that we can do that. Adoption is one way to do it. Uh, that's guaranteed to work. Um, another uh, thing that we have now is he's prepared works for us to do. Uh, he has an amazing job for each one of us. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He has works that he has set aside for each of us to do that will bring him glory and bring us joy. And so we can pray that we would find those works. They're out there. We just need to look for them. I often miss them. I mean, at, at work, I do this all the time. I'm so focused on my work, I miss the opportunity to minister to a coworker because I'm trying to get my to-do list done. So for each of us, what works has he prepared for us to do? And are our eyes open to see them? But then another thing he gives us is joy. Uh, this is from John 15, 11 to 12. John 15 is the chapter about the vine and the branches and abiding in Christ. And as we abide in him, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So he is calling us to love those around us, uh, to love our neighbor as ourself, and to love the Lord our God. So are we thankful that God has adopted us in Christ? Now, earlier, I asked you a trick question, and most of you didn't pass it. Uh, Levi actually did. He stood up. So I'm going to ask this question again and see if you guys get it right. If you are adopted, please stand up. There we go. Okay. Good job. Now, stay standing for one second. So... Uh, this next part, bear with me. I was going to wrap this, and one of my children said, Dad, that would be really bad. So I, I'm not going to try to wrap it, but I want you to think about as heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, just some of the things that he has done for us. Uh, he has given you eternal life. He has purchased you with his blood. He hears your prayers. He calls you. Sons and daughters, <coughs> you are no longer slaves to sin. He has forgiven you. He has given you a new heart. He has given you access to the Father. He lavishes his grace upon you. He is preparing a home for you. He has given you gifts to serve him. He has given you works to do. He has redeemed you. He is sanctifying you. Ah, he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And that is just a small picture of what he has done for us in Christ. You guys can sit down, sorry. <laughs> but how do we respond to that? That amazing gift. Um, we're called to love. Love one another. This is my commandment. Um, and to love those that are broken, the hungry, the thirsty, the sick, the prisoner, the orphan, the widow. Um, we need that in our lives. We need to minister to them so that God can change us. Um, and then just some practical ways we can respond. Uh, obviously, one, you can adopt. Now, that's not, that's not for everybody, I know. Uh, but as Tim and Priscilla pr proved, it's not ever too late. Uh, but another, one of my dreams is to have a, start an adoption fund at the church so that people who want to adopt that couldn't afford it, like my wife and I, would have funds available to adopt. You can do foster care. You can support those who are doing it. If you know somebody who's doing foster care is adopted, maybe you're a single guy, just ask him, how can I help? What can I do? Um, they'll find something. <laughs> you can mentor young folks. Um, if you need any guidance on that, you can see Sue Carter. She's awesome at this. 
uh, pretty much every young guy I meet and play basketball with has some very good relationship with Sue somehow. I don't know how she does it. You can volunteer. We have the after-school program, youth group, OCS, JCF, Young Lives, who serve our gospel. There's lots of ways, but we need to put ourselves out there with the broken and the hurting so that we grow and that we won't find our joy until we do that, until we have that purpose and use those gifts that God has given us. You can practice hospitality, as Priscilla said. Radical hospitality. Invite people into your homes. Many people do that, have done that. So we're just looking for opportunities to serve others uh, in both our neighborhoods and at work, uh, where God has placed you. So uh, let me pray for us here. Lord, uh, we just thank you and are amazed, Lord, that you wanted to adopt us before the foundation of the world. We can't imagine the planning that went into that. And, the, Lord, we also can't imagine what it cost you, uh, the suffering and sending your son, um, all that you did in order to make that happen, Lord. We are just amazed at that, Lord. Give us hearts that are thankful, Lord, that overflow with thankfulness for what you have done uh, for us in Christ, Lord. Just pray that you would open our eyes to see, uh, Lord, the works that you have prepared for us to do. Lord, we know those works involve uh, often working with the broken and the needy. Lord, open our eyes to see where you're calling us to work. Uh, Open our hearts to do it, Lord. Lord, help us to find our joy uh, in serving you. In Jesus' name we pray.